0: Happy Thursday everybody I am so excited for today's podcast interview Literally been waiting for this for years Super pumped to have my friend Tim Lucas on at the show But before we get to that Today's episode is brought to us by another good friend of ours, Leadership Pathway. They're helping churches like yours either begin a residency program or take your internship program to the next level. Surely you've stopped and thought, maybe you've been forced to consider, where's the next you coming from? Where's the next staff leader coming from? And Leadership Pathway answers that question by helping churches, again, like yours, develop the pipelines internally through residency programs. They'll do all the heavy lifting of interviewing, disc assessments, strength finders. They'll chase down the references. By the time you're looking at a potential candidate, you can be confident that they're going to fit well. They think of it as headhunting for residents, but that's not all. They'll also coach your staff on how to develop that residence so they're highly desirable and hireable at the end of the process. Listen, that is their only goal, really. They're trying to help young leaders be ready to join churches like yours. Do this. Drop by leadershippathway.org forward slash Unseminary. I'd love for you to do this today. You need to get get, book a phone call with my friend Dave over at Leadership Pathway. He would love to get on the phone and talk you through, help you understand how this process can help you. Listen, that's leadershippathway.org forward slash Unseminary. Love those guys. Let's
1: go. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich. Super glad to have you tuned in today. I have been looking forward to this interview for a very long time. So you're going to want to lean in. Uh, It's a great conversation. Conversation uh, with my friend, uh, former boss of mine. So I got to be on my good behavior today. Uh, Pastor Tim Lucas, welcome to the show today.
2: What's up, Rich? Great to be with you, my friend. So
0: glad to have you on the show. Tim is the lead pastor at Liquid Church, which is in New Jersey, the beautiful state, the garden state uh, of New Jersey. Uh, you know, a lot of times on the show, I have people that are folks I've just met online that I've become friends with in real life. Well, Tim is the reverse of that. Tim is an incredible leader. I really think he's one of the best communicators in uh, really North America around uh, the message of Christ. He's an incredible, compelling communicator, an incredible leader. Uh, so Tim, I'm so glad to have you on the show today.
2: Bro, it's great to be together. We can share some of our epic failures, <laughs> things True. that blew up in our face and God somehow used His grace. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Well, for folks that don't know,
0: uh, why don't you tell us a little kind of the the liquid story? I realize that's hard to do, but kind of if people were – maybe we'll start with people who were to arrive this weekend, what would they experience? Give us a sense of the scale, the scope of the church, that kind of thing, and then we'll pick a part of the history. Sure.
2: Well, I think we all just need to call out the obvious. When people hear the name Liquid Church, they assume we're either a cult or a drinking fraternity.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so true. It's kind of a
2: funky name, right? Yes. Um, but we named it Liquid for a simple reason. You know, in the Gospel of John, Jesus calls himself the living water. And we believe church should be refreshing. Um, mm-hmm. That's not something that people associate with church here in the Northeast. Um, you know, we live in one of the most spiritually dry regions of the country. Um, a lot of people say, hey, that's a burnt over part of America, the East Coast. Mm. There's no Christians there. Mm. Um, but we believe actually, man, if you want to see a, uh, a resurrection take place, then plant your church in a graveyard. And uh, <laughs> that's kind of what we've been seeing. You know, we've been on a rocket ship ride. Um, you know, we're the accidental church plant. I had no mm-hmm. plans, desire, calling to be a pastor. Uh, You know, when I was at Wheaton College, I met my wife. I was an English major and a film minor. So my background is in kind of visual storytelling. And, uh, you know, we had no plans to do that. And so we just started going to a a small Baptist church where the lead pastor said, uh, you know, hey, you want to teach a Sunday school class for 20 somethings? And we looked at Mm -hmm. each other. And just to show you what a colossal lack of vision we had. <laughs> uh, I remember saying to him, "Well, it depends. How early do we have to show up?" <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. That's so fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he said, like, "Well, you know, nine thirty. We are Baptists, right?" And uh, and so, uh, you know, my wife was like, "Well, we can get there nine forty-five. We gotta get Starbucks, you know." And right. uh, we started the church. You know, there were twelve people sitting on mismatched chairs, uh, stale coffee, cinder block basement. You know, classic, and we had no plans. But what had happened is people started inviting their non-Christian friends and coworkers, mm-hmm. and uh, we kind of threw out all the fill-in-the-blank curriculums and started talking about real life. You know, uh, relationships, careers, sex. This was at the time when it was kind of like, whoa, Gen X. You know, who are these? You know, people. And what mm-hmm. was cool about it, Rick, is uh, rich. It kind of just just grew virally. You know, we actually mm-hmm. moved out of the church uh, when we hit about a hundred people down the road, a mile down the road to a tavern. We started meeting in this, this old uh, tavern, historic tavern. People are always like, oh, I see why you call it liquid. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't serve beer, just Bible study. Uh, but that's where, where the Holy Spirit just blew it up. You know, it went mm-hmm. 200, 300, 400 people. Um, then we started meeting at night. And what was amazing were people were bringing their non-Christian friends and coworkers because it wasn't called church. It was called liquid. Mm-hmm. And people like, liquid, what's mm-hmm. that? And mm-hmm. it was a little bit of Jesus says, you know, come and see. Is it a Sunday school mm-hmm. class? No. Is it an outreach? No. Is it a church? No. What is it? It's liquid. Come and see. And mm-hmm. people were coming to faith. But Colleen and I, my wife at the time, we really experienced this dissonance because we love being with our pagan uh, non-Christian friends more yeah. than going back to big church because we kind of have mm-hmm. big church in the morning, suit and tie, hymns, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, God really, uh, he tricked us. We're the accidental church plant. Uh, <laughs> nice. With, with, their, uh, with the blessing of the Baptist Church, it's Millington Baptist Church, the senior pastor there at the time. He was in his 60s, Pastor Peter Pendel. He's a spiritual Incredible. father to me, uh, mm-hmm. accountability man in my life to this day. We still have coffees on our board of trustees. But, you know, he really gave us rope to experiment. It was like oh. enough rope to try creative things, but n- not enough rope to hang ourselves completely. You know? <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: So
2: That's we fantastic. Launched, we, yeah, we launched out as an independent church with their blessing. It wasn't a church split. It wasn't messy. It was with their mm. blessing uh, back in 2007. So we've been going strong for 12 years, about 5,000 people. But the most important thing is you know, we baptized uh, about 2,300 of them. So that that to me again liquid church right you know we we mm-hmm. that baptism is a sign to us that it's not just transfer growth it's new believers in a spiritually dry place. Mhm. Yeah and for folks that are listening in
0: you know I know we've kind of said this already but just to underline it you know New, new Jersey is not the kind of place that churches grow. What is happening in you know liquid church i think is an instructive lesson for so many of us in you know all the parts of the country because you know liquid is a or new jersey is a post christian part of the country it, it's not that people don't know about jesus it's they you know maybe quit it after ccd or they you know they were had some sort of connection to it but just don't engage anymore and the thing that liquid has been able to do is connect with people at a pretty profound level and so i think there's a lot we could pull apart for Really, all our churches to really wrestle through and think, hey, what can we learn uh, to apply to our churches? When you think about, and this is a huge question, but when you think about liquid and you think about kind of what God's doing, and you know, you continue to show up on the you know one of the fastest growing churches in the country list, which again is is unique when you look at that list because a lot of those churches are in the South, um, and you know, there's there's like these a few exceptional churches, liquid's one of them that aren't, and you know, what is it that you think God's using, or what are some of those things that you believe He's using in your midst to see you reach more? people and to really connect, like you're saying, in kind of this post-Christian culture uh, that we find ourselves in.
2: Yeah, I think you hit it on the head. You know, a lot, we all have our challenges, right? In our city, our our town, our region, the country. And there's always an excuse we can make. Well, you know, people here, et cetera, et cetera. What Mm -hmm. we have is a lot of folks we're finding, like you're describing them, are post-Christian. In other words, they're not starting at zero on the evangelism scale. Who is this Jesus you speak of? Yes. Uh, (laughs) They're actually starting at a negative four. Uh, A lot of our folks uh, in in this area kind of grew up Catholic, and that's no aspersions on our Catholic brothers and sisters. But Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them would describe it's the opposite of liquid, refreshing, revitalizing. It was boring. It was dry. It was um, stale religious ritual. And so Mm -hmm. when they hear the word church, they're coming at it from a negative four. Oh, that's the place where you're going to look at your watch. You're going to want to leave. And quite honestly, it's they're going to make me feel guilty. And mm-hmm. so, one of our big slogans is right faith is a journey, not a guilt trip. Yeah, mm-hmm. that really resonates with people in our area, especially here in the Northeast, because people are cynical. You know, I think they watch, you know, whether, hey, evangelical church, Catholic church right now, full of scandals, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, people feeling betrayed probably more than ever. And so, what we do, this is this, and this might get to your question, Rich. Well, what do you do differently? What we're seeing is a flip flopped. Discipleship sequence. In other words, we always say people now they want to belong before they believe, right? We kind Uh of grew up in the church I grew up in, small, you know, Bible church, about 110 people. There was a very linear discipleship pathway. You know, Rick Warren kind of, you know, popularized and made famous, you know, the bases, you know, 101, you know, you believe, and Uh then 201, you go to membership class, and then you're going to discover your gifts, and then you get to slide into home base, which maybe is like a missions trip, like, you know, the crowning mm. thing. Well, we're finding millennials want to slide head headfirst into third base. Right. In other words, we have people coming to our church who they're like, we've never been to your Sunday service, but I signed up to go on a clean water trip uh, to Rwanda. Mm-hmm. I-, I love this idea of bringing clean drinking water to thirsty kids. And now for mm-hmm. us, that's a God thing. Mm-hmm. But for them, they're like, I don't know about this Jesus part of it, but I believe it's a good thing. And I'm like, I'll meet you on that island. We'll swim to this island. You think it's a good thing. We think it's a God thing. And so compassionate service is the tip of our evangelism spirit. Yeah, let's settle on this for a little bit. Because one of
0: the things, so I wrote this book, you know, I wrote this book two years ago called the Church Growth Flywheel. And one of the things that I I have such a passion for this area, obviously, I, I, having served at Liquid for years, I really think this is a part of what God's using. But as I looked at other churches, and actually, in some of the fastest growing churches, they're all doing this similar kind of thing, getting people out of their seats, and into the streets to actually engage in uh, doing the work of, of Christ, people see it you know, as a good thing, the broader community sees as a good thing, we see it as a God thing. What would be some of those examples of the way at Liquid Church, you're engaging people to actually get involved? Um, And how are you seeing that kind of connected, then to some sort of discipleship process where their people are taking steps closer to, uh, to Jesus?
2: Well, just this past week, we hosted an outreach called Homeless Mm -hmm. Church. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because one of the things where, you know, where we are, there's a large homeless population. We're right at the gates of New York city here, about 30 Mm -hmm. minutes from midtown Manhattan. So Mm -hmm. people are just used to, you know, homeless people around Madison square garden or Penn station on their commute. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we said, you know what, it's not enough to just raise that. And Hey, we got to be more compassionate. I said, we got to enter their world, right? Jesus left the comforts of heaven to come be on earth with the likes of us? How do we get people to do it? And so we said, you know what? We don't want to just write a check or give money to our our partners, New York City Relief Bus. We said, we want to engage our people. And so Mm -hmm. we came up with this idea of a homeless outreach where people slept out in a cardboard box in our church parking lots.
0: (laughs) And you got like four people to do that. Come on, you got people Uh, in New Jersey
2: to do that. Come on. We had almost 600 people sleep out mid past Saturday night Fantastic. In a cardboard box yep. in our campus parking lots, and it <laughs> rained at two thirty in the morning, and they stayed. Fantastic, and, love it. But here's the here's the fascinating thing, right? So we said, hey, for every person who sleeps out, our church, we're going to donate thirty dollars uh, to the to help our homeless brothers and sisters living on the streets. You know, hygiene kits, going to provide meals, MetroCard, et cetera. But what amazing is, you know, one family at one of our campuses said, we are so passionate about us. We're out of town. We're going to match that dollar for dollar. Oh, so amazing. all of a sudden, $30,000 became, you know, $60,000 potentially to, mm-hmm. to give mm-hmm. to the ministry. So what was in cool about it, Rich, and we're still uh, trying to understand this. We, this just happened Saturday night, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All these people sleeping out. Then they come in on Sunday morning. And gosh, I mean, talk about people adrenalized. They're like full of caffeine and the Holy Spirit. They're half coherent. You know, it was fun to preach to them. But, yes. but Rick, one third of the people who participated don't go to our church currently. We oh, are trying amazing. to understand what that is.
1: Mm-hmm,
2: so, mm-hmm. You know, my wife and I slept out in a cardboard box and we're just making the rounds. And there's this guy with this cannabis t-shirt on it's like a legalized marijuana kind of thing and you right. know whatever, and yeah. he's got it that great and I'm like oh hey what campus do you go to you know is this Colorado campus <laughs> 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 and he's like uh, I don't really go here what is this and I go oh this is the outreach for our church he says this is a church right he didn't even know it was a church Fantastic. on Facebook a friend had invited him and said hey we're sleeping out to raise awareness raise money for the homeless you want to come Hmm. And he came, but two other friends. That is viral evangelism at a grassroots level.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. And again, people to underline that this, and we've said this in other contexts that, you know, at the end of the day, churches grow because people tell their friends, uh, they, people invite their friends to come. And this kind of experience that's really in this case, I was going to say out of the box, but in this case, it's actually in the box, um, you know, (laughs) cardboard box, um, you know, really is the kind of thing that people want to tell their friends about. That's, that's incredible. Do you have another example, maybe one more of the kind of way that you've, you know, take got people out of their seats and into the streets to actually do something?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, we hosted one time an outreach called a free market. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite of a flea market, right? At a flea market, people bring their junk and try to sell it for top dollar. Mm-hmm. But we said, how can we help those single moms, uh, those families who are at risk? We have um, in one of our campus, uh, uh, the cities where our campus is, has a pretty large um, immigrant population. Mm-hmm. Um, think of like a you know, family from Ecuador living eight to a one bedroom apartment kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we said, how can we, you know, forget the politics of immigration. Just how can we help people who are struggling? Right. We came up with this idea of a free market. So you don't bring your junk and sell it for top dollar. You bring your best and give it away for free. Love it. And right. We said, hey, what is the message of the gospel? Right. Freely we've Mm -hmm. received. let's freely give. Let's treat the poor like they're our masters. Totally. And our people caught the vision for it. And so you had some of these affluent folks from kind of, you know, the suburbs who make a living in New York City, kind of high-flying folks. They just Mm -hmm. caught it. Mm -hmm. And so they brought everything from baby strollers to winter coats that they had dry, clean, and lovingly repaired. Um, And we basically, we took baby clothes. We had racks of clothes, but not junk. They Mm -hmm. went and had them dry, clean, beautifully packaged so that we could give the working poor in our city – a dignity uh, an experience where they could come and shop but here's a secret it's all free yeah and that. so you had people giving away you know bicycles it was it was just so powerful and that I love that you know that picture of uh, mm-hmm. the people who have and the people who have not and it's all merging into one right in the heart of the city.
0: Mm -hmm. So one of the things, you know, kind of having obviously a relationship with you over the the years and kind of seeing a change in evolution in your own leadership, kind of changing direction a little bit in the conversation, is really the role of – encouraging um, the spirit as a part of really what happens. I I think there's this interesting thing happening on, uh, not that it's a spectrum, but let's say it's a spectrum for the sake of conversation. You know, one end of the spectrum would be, say, the, you know, whatever you'd call it, the kind of post-seeker-sensitive, attractional church side, which is where I've spent most of my career in. And then, you know, another part of the Christian body would be the kind of, uh, you know, Holy Spirit-empowered, power evangelism side. And and both of those sides sides of the spectrum, if, and from my conversations that I end up having, seem to be trying to figure out how to get closer together. You know, all I, I've uh, spoke at some, uh, you know, very charismatic, uh, you know, pastors conferences, and they're saying like, hey, help us to engage with our broader community, help us to engage with unchurched people. We realize that, um, you know, maybe a part of what we're doing is is maybe too alarming for the people that we, in our community, and we're trying to figure out how to reach people. Uh, and then on the kind of a Tractional side there's a lot of people that have kind of come to the end of that and said hey like i just don't know that sticky statements are enough i at the end of the day i'm afraid if people come to our church all they'll do is find us and not god and that's a problem uh, kind of walk us through your own personal journey on that and then how that has trickled out and impacted liquid and how does that how does that tie into what kind of god's using at your church uh, these days
2: well the lord really changed my heart through my wife's experience Uh, We come from completely different backgrounds. I grew up in a frozen chosen church. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it was the same 110 people and, you know, we had a, you know, it wasn't quite a liturgy, but it was like, we sing three hymns, first, third, and fifth verse. Uh, then there's an offertory, then the announcements, then a three point sermon. And, you know, growing up as a kid, I was always like, talk about predictable, like every, wow, who knew the Bible, every passage spells something, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's It's an acrostic or it's alliterative. And so by the time I was 14, Rich, I had checked out. Because I literally at that point, I'd heard so I'm P.S. I'm not throwing my boyhood church under the bus. I'm not a pastor today without the outstanding, you know, exegetical teaching theological rigor. Okay, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. thank you. However, it lacked imagination. It lacked really any sense that the Holy Spirit might break in. So I could take the outlines as a kid and fill them in before they guy even got preached because I know it's going to spell something or alliterative whatever. So <laughs> I, I go to Wheaton College. And again, kind of from this frozen chosen background, we're all chosen by God, but we kind of have this sense that, you know what, everybody out there is going by, you know, to hell in a handbasket and hopefully mm. they'll clean up their act sometime and join the club. Mm. You know, it's kind of mm. like the holy huddle. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I go to Wheaton College and uh, see this cute girl in my freshman writing class, Colleen McCabe at the time, who is now my mm-hmm. wife. Mm-hmm. And um, she had big blonde hair, you know, like Bon Jovi. And I saw that and I said, <laughs> it "Looks like home to me." It huh. <laughs> looks like New Jersey. <laughs> Some of that Aquanet big hair, and uh, and I asked her out a date. You know, you want to go out Friday night? And she says to me, "She says, oh, I'd love to, but this Friday I'm going to prison." Mm-hmm. And I was like. Wow. You know, I, I've been <laughs> turned down before, but I haven't heard that excuse. That's a new one. <laughs> no, no, no. I tutor people, uh, young girls who are incarcerated in prison. And I was like, what kind of girl, you know, spends a Friday night, you know, tutoring young girls? Well, I go home with her on Thanksgiving break. Hmm. And if we were the frozen chosen, Colleen's Church were the happy clappy. Mm. It was a Pentecostal storefront church in the Bronx. Mm, <laughs> okay. love it. About the same size. And I go in there. Now I'm coming from a background of, you know, structure and order. Everything is predictable. Mm-hmm. And I walk into this thing and I didn't come from a Pentecostal background. And it was like, I was like, what are these people drinking here? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the guys leading worship and as the time they had overheads. And he's changing them like in the middle of the song. He's like, oh, no, spirit. And then let's use this one. I lean over to Colin and said, what, what is he? What's he, what he doing? And he said, we call that being led by the spirit. Right. And I said, well, we call that disorganized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unplanned, poor planning center, you know? Funny.
1: That's funny.
2: <laughs> and so um, but what happened is the pastor gives this message and it's sort of rambling. It's not really homiletically, you know, sound. It's kind of all over the place, anecdotal. There's sort of proof text, and I'm sitting there with my frozen chosen righteousness mm. judging. <laughs> and then he gives this altar call. I'm like, oh come on, nobody's all of a sudden people start pouring down the aisle. Amazing who had walked in off the streets right. of New right. York Love it. because it was a storefront church. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is happening here? I, I haven't seen people come forward like, like, you know, in, in decades mm-hmm. and uh, he, they said, then we're going to have spontaneous baptism. They got baptized and then Colleen's white mom took them home for lunch. Fantastic. And Rich. It wrecked me. Right. Because I said, I, I this may not be, you know, homiletically and, and all, from my background, but you know what? This is the early church. Yeah, this is the happening. kind of thing you read about in the, in the book of Acts.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and people were being added to their number daily. And it wrecked me. And so at Liquid, I like to say we have now the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we are, if you came to our service on Sunday at any of our campuses, I, I pray you would feel like super warmly welcomed. Mm-hmm. People are very casual. Our volunteers wear T-shirts that say Dream Team. But when you come in, there's going to be high-octane worship, but it's not just a show. Mm. Um, I think in our early days, we want, we were more concerned about being precise Mm -hmm. performers, Mm -hmm. but that led us to feel a little bit like, I think some churches feel today, like, you know, the attractional church, like here's this show. And it's got to feel like a Coldplay concert. Mm -hmm. We've made more and more room for the Holy spirit to break in, but watch. We got a seatbelt, okay? So we're, we're open to the, we're like, raptic Yes, <laughs> We're open yes. to the Holy Spirit, but I got a seatbelt here because the service can't be two hours. because That's just not going to work. It's going to ruin our childcare, you know, uh, leaders and volunteers. So we've tried to blend the best now where we're really well planned, but we make room for the Holy Spirit to move.
0: Mm-hmm. Fantastic. You know, I think if if you're a church leader listening in today, I really do think you should be learning from Tim specifically as a leader, but then also from Liquid Church. It's an incredible church. God's using it in incredible ways. And I, you know, I'm just excited for, you know, Tim and the entire community to just be sharing a little bit about what, uh, you know, what God's been doing there. And that actually brings us to a book that you've released that I want to make sure people hear about. Now, if folks listen to us long term, they know I don't really love to shill books, but I do want people to pick this up and I want people to listen in. Uh, And hear a little bit about this. So this book is called liquid church, six powerful currents to saturate your city for Christ. Tim, why did you write this book? What was it that kind of, okay, you know, now's the time for you to kind of pull these lessons together and try to share them with other people.
2: Well, you know, we've just had more and more churches coming to us saying, Hey, can we learn about how you guys do special needs ministry? or how you guys do visual storytelling. Cause we're trying to really reinvent the way sermons are done for millennials and Gen Z mm-hmm. uh, who PS are pretty much right brain image based processors, right? And, you know, sermons have been unchanged basically for four years, 400 years, right. Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. Protestant history, And so we're kind of re- rethinking that. So we had more and more churches come. We said, you know what, what if we actually kind of put into a book, both the stories, but also the systems transferable principles Um, For what we see God blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, this is this is just uniquely what God's done here at at Liquid. Um, But the book is based on Ezekiel 47. Um, There's this, this prophecy in there where there's the, you have the Old Testament temple and Ezekiel basically sees water leaking out of the temple. Mm. And what's so cool is God sends this angel. He walks Ezekiel along and the water creeps growing in depth, the farther away it flows from the church. Mm. So he goes in and it's up to his ankles. Then it's up to, he wades in more, it's up to his knees. Then it's up to his waist. Finally, it's almost like up to his neck and almost, you know, he drowns, but the angel pulls Ezekiel out and he says, you see what's going on here? Now catch this picture. It's a church with its front doors open and a river, a raging river. It starts with a trickle, but a raging river of living water is flowing out into the streets of the city. And here's the magic part. Anything the water touches comes to life. So it ultimately flows into the Dead Sea, right, where nothing lives because of the high salt content. And this is a prophecy that this is going to happen. That one day, the church of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is going to flow out of it, bringing to life, saturating the city, people who are lost and failing from Jesus, spiritually thirsty people. And they're going to come to life. Mm -hmm. Your city, what's dead and dying that needs to be revitalized? And so we really take this this cool prophecy in Ezekiel 47 and says, you know what? We're finding there are six streams or what I would call ministry currents Mm -hmm. that in this unique moment in culture – um, in the twenty first century, it just seems like the Holy Spirit is using to reach spiritually thirsty people. Hmm. Well, so for us if you want to go into them, you tell me?
0: Yeah, I'd love to hear maybe do we could do a quick overview of the six and then maybe pick one and dive in and give us a little bit of you know a little bit more in detail, but don't give too much because I want people to pick up the book.
2: <laughs> sure. So, you know, the easy way to remember them because they're six currents is that they actually spell out liquid. Nice. Like you, you me. Yep. I was like, you know what? Baptist, Baptist at heart, right? Come yes. on, I got to spell. <laughs> but our, our strategy really begins with L, love the overlooked. And so at Liquid, we have a passion to serve kids with special needs in mm. their families. Uh, so New Jersey has like the highest rate of autism in the nation. And you know what? We, this is an exploding part of of our ministry. It's totally word of mouth, mm-hmm. but we have hundreds and hundreds over 600 uh, family members who come every single Sunday mm-hmm. Uh, with special needs ranging from autism, Asperger's, ADHD, Down syndrome. And we put them on the front lines of ministry. Mm -hmm. We don't closet them in the back. So we always tell people, hey, in your city, if you want to saturate your city, what needs are being overlooked? Mm -hmm. What's the Holy Spirit already blessing? Where's God sovereignly directing your path? Mm -hmm. So it might be different for others. But the second one, I, is ignite the imagination. And I kind of mentioned this, we won't spend time on it, but Mm -hmm. at Liquid, we really employ a visual teaching style Mm where we weave together, not just scripture, but story and symbols together to kind of engage visual and kinetic learners. Cause mm-hmm. we're, we're living in this post-literate culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think church leaders wring their hands. Nobody reads the Bible anymore. Um, and you know what? Yes. People are glued to their screens, but we have to redeem those in some way.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And Good. so we said, Hey, this is a TGIF um, generation, Twitter, mm-hmm. Google, iPhone, Facebook. Mm-hmm. How can we actually get on their screens? Because people have the attention span of a bumblebee. <laughs> but how can we pour the gospel through new creative wineskins, particularly visual? that will draw them in. And we're seeing tremendous, uh, tremendous response to that, particularly among millennials and Gen Z. I'll Hmm. pause there. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, I think
0: there's this chapter alone, I got a chance to pre read the book. And um, I I just think it's amazing. I think it's an incredible text. To me, it struck me as like a purpose driven church for today. It's like, and I know you're you're not setting it up like that. But I read it and think, wow, this this is such a great framework for people to think about. I think you've given uh, enough challenging thoughts to kind of Push people forward and be like, hey, you should be thinking about new things. But you've given some, you know, obviously it's an open framework to then say, hey, how does this apply to our particular church? And I would encourage people to uh, pick it up. Co written with uh, our mutual friend, Warren Birds, been on the, I think he might be the most repeated guest on, on seminary. Love Warren. He's incredible. I could talk to him every day. It would be amazing. Uh, so, you know, you know, this it's just going to be a well done text. He's an incredible, uh, you know, communicator. Just love him deeply. If people want to get a copy of this, book. Where can they get, pick it up? I'm assuming they can get it at Amazon. Is there someone we want to send them specifically?
2: Yeah, it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, you know, CBD, but um, they can go to liquidchurch.com slash book. Mm -hmm. And we actually have a number of resources there for leaders, pastors for free. Um, For free download, Uh, you know, we give away sermon series that help grow your church in different ways, whether it's, you know, generosity, discipleship, uh, creative evangelism outreach um, and a number of things. But liquidchurch.com. Slash book will have everything that they can find from the book.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And you've also given us a great download uh, that we'll link in this in the uh, the the notes attached with this particular episode called Seven Sermon Series Guaranteed to Grow Your Church. Uh, this is a fantastic tool. Tell us a little bit about this that gives you uh, you know a little bit more help uh, for folks
2: that are listening in today. Well, I think every leader knows, right? Sunday's always coming. Yes. <laughs> and if, if, if you're a Bible communicator, you know, at a growing church, you understand killer content is King. Yep. Uh, in fact, uh, Gallup just came out with a poll of, of churchgoers and even people who don't go to church and said, what's the number one reason you would consider attending church? 75% said the sermon content, mm-hmm. what yeah. applies to actually everyday life. And so acknowledging that, recognizing um, the front door of the church, it's really, is this going to be relevant? Teach is going to apply to my life. Mm-hmm. I refuse to accept this idea that there's attractional churches, you know, that are, you know, super wide, but an inch deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's really missional churches. We go deep, but we don't really reach anybody. Right. Uh, I think, you know, today, the kind of visual storytelling narrative approach to scripture we, we take it has to reach both. Right. It's got to right. nurture spiritual growth in new believers, but also mature disciples should be able to be at your church for 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, And really grow deeper. And so these are seven sermon series that are designed to grow the church in evangelism, Mm -hmm. uh, discipleship. One of them is like on – we did a 40-day fast. Now, think about that in New Jersey. We're the coffee bagel capital of the world. (laughs) Nice. Right? We had 4,000 people give up their coffee and bagel, which basically means it's a revival. Right. Uh, For 40 (laughs) days uh, to do a Daniel fast. And dude, it was the most spiritually quickening um, experience we've ever been through as a church. Fantastic. So I love it. It's a lot of it has to do also with just kind of, I don't want to say branding because it feels too crass, but the way that you present it to people, like we did we did a seven week disciple series on the seven churches of revelation. That's one of the free mm-hmm. downloads we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had so many churches across the nation say, Hey, could we borrow that? No, take it for yes. free. <laughs> exactly. You know, I really feel like we're entering this time of kingdom. Um, Identification. It's like, can we put aside our logos and our egos Mm -hmm. and give away our resources for free? And then guess what? Jesus gets the glory, not any of us. Amazing. So these resources, everything from generosity to stewardship, um, we do a 90 day tithe challenge that has increased our giving our church 10% every time we've done it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're just like, you know what? These are some things God's blessed. Let's give it away and watch him bless other people.
0: Yeah, it's a fantastic resource that you've put together here. And, you know, we, we all know, just to underline what Tim's saying here, teaching is at the core of what we do. And it's amazing how, like, that seems like, a, like it should be obvious to all of us. But you'd be amazed how many times I end up in coaching situations with churches where, um, you know, we end up talking about, hey, what are we doing to double down on the teaching side of what we're doing, to invest more there? Uh, because that ultimately is your greatest lever as a, as a church leader, regardless of the seat you're in. If you're an executive pastor, the thing you can do this week is say, hey, to your whoever the communicator is, hey, what can we do to help you get the resources you need to, to deliver amazing messages this weekend and you know every weekend? So I'd encourage you to pick that up. It's an incredible resource. Uh, it's literally a treasure trove of, uh, of content there. Tim, I just love this today. Hopefully, it's given people a good overview. I would encourage you. I heartily endorse this book. If there is a book that you're looking for for training particularly, I think this could be an incredible text for you to use. Uh, you know, we're coming into the fall. Here we've got, you know, you're looking for, hey, what are we going to do to train during this time of years? This could be the kind of book you could read, read it over a couple months, you know, have a week, you know, of discussions every week, talk about a different chapter. I think it would revolutionize what's happening at your uh church. Tim, is there anything else you would like to share uh, before we wrap up today?
2: Yeah, you know, I want to encourage particularly those who are sitting in a seat and you know the church staff um, and it's always about how can we get more volunteers. Um, you know, in the book, the one that I'm just finding is resonating with a lot of executive pastors and leaders responsible for like, you know, leadership pipeline is the last D, developing hidden talent. Mm. Um at Liquid, we have a secret weapon and it's a, a category we call volunteer staff. Love it. And these are high capacity leaders from the marketplace who they said, you know, we're to do more than handout programs, and they voluntarily donate 10 to 15 hours of their week to our church without being paid. Mm-hmm. And so these are include volunteer staff roles like associate pastors who perform weddings, do hospital visits, spiritual care. And so right now our staff, we have over 50 volunteer staff at Liquid. So that's almost a third of our entire staff team. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's been a game changer for us. It's something the Holy Spirit's just done. Um, Our executive pastor, Dave Brooks, really came up with a concept. Um, But we looked at it and we said even this week, we're like, we're getting over 500 plus hours a week of experienced leadership horsepower. And I just talked to so many guys. I I lead this coaching network. I talked to other lead pastors who kind of wring their hands because they're like, you know, I got to go out and find somebody. I'm like, guys, the leaders are already sitting in your seats this Sunday. Mm -hmm. And your job is to, is to don't let them say warehouse. You got to tap into that and unleash you if you're going to raise up an army of volunteers to reach the vision. Yeah, it's amazing. The whole volunteer staff
0: thing at Liquid is unreal, and it, again, price of admission of the book, just that alone, uh, and that's what I love about this, is there's all kinds of great takeaways that are super actionable, both inspirational, uh, but then also like, hey, we can pick this up and, and run with it. And I know there's some executive pastors that just lean forward, and it was like a light bulb went off and said, 500 free hours of staff work a week, that's amazing! <laughs> it's uh, a game changer. It, absolutely, yeah, you think that's that's amazing the amount of you know leverage you can get as an organization uh, when you've had that. Well, friends, I would encourage you to pick that up, pick the book up again. That's liquidchurch.com forward slash book. You can find out more information there. Uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. Tim, if people want to track with you or with the church, how can they do that? Uh, and then we'll say goodbye.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, all of our uh, assets, resources, messages, everything is at liquidchurch.com. Um, I do have my own website, PastorTimLucas.com, if people are interested, like, in coaching. I just love comparing notes with other kingdom leaders across the nation. Um, but, you know, we're, we're most excited around this, the, you know, kind of the release of this book. And if there's people who want to reach out to me, I'm just going to give out my email here. It's easy. Nice. <laughs> it's Tim, Tim, at LiquidChurch.com. Fantastic. And I actually read every email. I may not get right back to it, but Tim at LiquidChurch.com. And then I'm pretty active on Instagram. Because I got teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's where they live. So I want to live there. So you can follow me at Pastor Tim Lucas. Nice.
1: Thanks so much, Tim. Appreciate me on the show. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter